Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I am John Ray, and uh, folks, this is going to be a good one. I've been looking forward to welcoming Jim Barnish, and he is the managing partner with Orchid Black. Jim, welcome. Thanks for the intro, John. Super excited to be here. Hey, I'm I'm excited to have you. We're, this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about you and and uh, Orchid Black. How are you serving folks out there? Yeah. So imagine you're the founder of a tech company, and by many measures, you've achieved success. You've hit five million, or twenty million, or even fifty million in revenue, but growth has slowed. Uh, you believe there is an opportunity to make your business worth a lot more and ultimately exit the business, but you aren't really sure what to do next and are a little bit stuck, if you will. You wonder if there's anyone out there who can help you put together a roadmap on how to make your business worth a lot more, uh, a lot more than it is today, and to not only provide that roadmap, but also partner alongside of you to execute it since growth stage businesses and growing businesses is pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, and wouldn't it be cool if these same people also offered a unique business model that was designed to align their incentives with the performance and results and growth of the company, where rather than taking cash for fees, they might take a large percentage of their fees as other than cash consideration, whether that's percentage of sales or equity or something that's in line with results. Well, there wasn't really anything like this in the marketplace, so we created it, which is uh, Orchid Black. And we focus on partnering with businesses that, that have at least $3 million in recurring revenue and are profitable or in the black, mm-hmm. working hand-in-hand hand with founders and their leadership teams to both grow the company smart and fast and make it worth a whole lot more. Wow, that sounds like great work. Now, one of the, one of the uh, I guess, great, great explanations of how you work comes from your company name. We were talking about this before we came on the air. Uh, talk about the origins of that name. Yeah, we were. So we uh, were formerly known as Morgan Hill Partners, which uh, the feedback we were getting in the market was it was very stodgy, you know, uh, old, uh, not innovative brand. And uh, as we started to evaluate the founders and the, the our own I- ICP, our own ideal client profile that we worked with, uh, innovative founders who have built really incredible tech companies, we started to realize that you know we needed uh, a strategic rebrand, and uh, it gave us time during early 2020, given all that the world was going through, to be a little bit more introspective on ourselves. So we ran our own customer discovery exercise and uh, ultimately came to the name Orchid Black for a few different reasons. Um, number one, uh, there's this mantra around tech companies that you have to pour a lot of capital into them to get them to be what's called a unicorn or a billion dollar company. Uh, but that requires throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at companies uh, and ultimately having them grow fast, but not necessarily smart. But they're, that's one way to do it, right? Uh, but it ultimately leaves the founder with a lot less of uh, the ownership. Um, it ultimately leaves a lot more interest at the table from institutional capital partners and wouldn't it be great if there was a way to both grow fast and grow smart, like an orchid who, uh, when tended to properly, can live for over 100 years 
uh, with expert pruning and care. And that's part of where the orchid came from. Uh, the other part, the black, uh, black orchids are the most rare, which we think of the companies that we choose and select to work with as our rare orchids. And orchid, or sorry, black in the black, if you will, uh, meaning profitable, are the companies that we uh, choose to work with as well. So everything kind of coalesced around innovation and exclusiveness and really who we wanted to be at the end of the day. And Orchid Black came out on the other end. I love that. What a great story. Um, I, I want to step back and just ask a general question, uh, Jim, as an expert in the, in the tech world. Um, we hear a whole lot of uh, commentary and, and I guess effort around uh, trying to be a unicorn uh, and I'm just, I'm just curious about how much of that is, um, really, uh, overblown. I mean, there's, like you say, uh, unicorns are mythical creatures, so it's, it, they they don't happen that often. Um, and when you see founders going into it with that mindset, I mean, what, what are, what are some of the dangers of that? I guess maybe it's the way to ask the question. Yeah. Well, let's just say that there's a reason why 96% plus of technology companies that get seed capital fail. Mm. And it's not because um, the other 4% become unicorns. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's a uh, very, um, I wouldn't say mythical name, this unicorn. It's certainly a mythical creature, but it's a very few number of companies that end up making it to that point. And once you start pouring capital into the business and doing, not necessarily building a foundation to pour capital in, but pouring capital in to then ultimately get the foundation later on, you're playing a very dangerous game because you're ultimately then craving more capital. Right. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, there are a lot of really successful companies that have had hundreds of millions of dollars poured into them that have become unicorns. But there are a lot of other ways to grow a company that doesn't necessarily mean getting to a billion dollar valuation in three years or five years. Got it. And, uh, and, and I think that's, that's really the core thing to realize is, you know, the, the danger is that 96% of companies that take early capital fail. And that's something to really keep in mind as you're evaluating where you're taking capital from mm. and if you need to be taking capital in the first place. Uh, good words from Jim Barnish, folks. He is managing partner with Orchid Black. Uh, so, Jim, for those that maybe they hear the details of what you just said about how you do what you do and uh, why your firm uh, uh, has the strategy it does for its own business, but talk about what makes you different, though, from other consulting firms, maybe under the hood. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. I'm very glad you asked. The uh, I love answering this question because I think it's important to highlight. And there's a reason why you don't really see the words management consulting on our website. And while we call, call ourselves pro services, uh, which is a bit newer of a term, you see consulting firms charge your retainer to interview you and tell you what you already know or use a standard playbook that doesn't go to the heart of the company's issue. And also they get paid no matter what. The founders that we work with want to true partnership where they get the expert advice and the experienced operators that have helped run the business and have incentives that are fully aligned well beyond just advice and a deck at the end of the engagement. That's not the consulting model. Uh, we needed to find people that would see our vision of providing the service to founders 
in the way that worked for them best. And we ultimately ended up finding that solution, which is a world-class team of founders and operators who know how to drive growth and exits, higher exits, grow smart and grow fast. And they are comfortable with the model of betting on themselves and only getting paid well if the founder is getting paid. And that's a differentiator. And, and we're so proud to have that as a business model and a team that is finally founder focused, not consulting firm focused. And that's why founders you know, across our programs see their business grow with no significant guaranteed payments to us and ultimately think of us as you know, sort of the miracle grow for companies, if you will. It sounds cheesy, but a few of them have, have, have used those words. And, and it's really exciting to get that kind of feedback from the folks that you serve. Results are results, whatever you call it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like I like that. Um, so you mentioned that consulting that the the garden variety consulting firms, the big ones out there that we all know their names. You know, they kind of have their own framework uh, that is not necessarily client focused. Uh, it's it's focused on what they do. Um, but you've got some sort of framework, I assume, for what you do that is client focused, and how how does that uh, how do you talk about what that is, how you use that to diagnose what a company needs to um, re-energize that growth path? Absolutely. And that diagnosis is is so important to do super fast yeah. at companies um, that are that are early early in their growth stages. Um, and we knew that there was a need for this objective lens to view uh, a, a company's potential. And, and nothing existed in the market that looked at an organization from a 360 perspective. But the challenge was how to create something super comprehensive yet simple that founders could digest and that wouldn't require a million dollars on an army of McKinsey consultants. We needed a, a way to, to tell founders what they needed and hear about their business and, and the future of their business in a matter of you know, a few weeks. And the answer to that became some proprietary IP that we've created called the Value Creation Assessment, or what we call the VCA. It's a system that looks at a company from every angle of potential growth, the, the strategy, the talent, the revenue, product, and operations. And we spent a lot of time and energy figuring out the exact way to analyze these five pillars of any organization so that our clients don't have to. And mm-hmm. So now we, we really have something that is plug and play at every organization we work with. Um, sometimes I'm almost surprised at how well it works in every situation. Mm. And uh, Orchid Black is able to now tell growth stage companies the exact steps they need to achieve transformational success and then ultimately uh, help them execute that, uh, that same framework. So basically, if you think of the VCA or the value creation assessment is used to diagnose the what a company needs in order to grow and maximize the value of the business, then we, then we leverage our playbook consisting of hundreds of blueprints or plays, which is the how to operate and our growth experts to work alongside of them. So it's, it's not here's something and then let's walk away. It's here's the diagnosis, the what, and then here's the how, and we're going to help you do it. And, and so that's a very exciting value proposition for companies that are, in essence, a bit stuck at what to do next. So you mentioned that, that really, I guess, the big uh, characteristic of companies that need you is they've leveled off 
in terms of their growth. Um, but I, I'd like to dig into that just a little more if we could and talk about some of the symptoms that uh, founders and uh, their investors and their boards need to be looking at to say, hey, it, it's time to bring in Orchid Black. Absolutely. Yeah. And you really heard me mention those five pillars uh, mm-hmm. of growth, if you will, strategy, talent, product, revenue, and operations. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, has boards and uh, and companies looking at us uh, from a very you know Q4 angle, if you will, is as companies are getting ready to take a look at uh, planning, right? Um, actually looking at planning from a uh, not only uh, annual perspective, but long-term growth perspective. I think one of the things that we're getting brought in the most for now is is strategic planning, right? And your strategic plan is really a multi-year uh, North Star, if you will, that sets the direction and drives organizational alignment and self-awareness and effective use of company resources. And I think when you look at the symptoms that are driving people bringing us in for strategic planning, it's it's the other side of that, right? It's it's lack of organizational alignment. It's lack of company self-awareness. Um, it's, it's overuse or underuse of certain company resources. And that's really important to align a company on not only um, operational items, but also more strategic items that connect down to what an organization is going to do in 2023 and critical success because um, once you once you do bring that down to the operational planning level, you then start talking about things that are super tactical, like annual goals and direction and budget and rigorous progress improvement um, and measurement, things that are absolutely critical to success. But how, how do you know what to do in that operational plan without a long-term vision around self-awareness around where you want to end up as a company? And I think that's that's oftentimes where we're getting brought in right around, you know, now or early Q4 as companies are looking at what to do next as it relates to strategy and planning. Let's I can th- give an example there if you'd like as well. Yeah, I was going to, uh, thank you. I was because I, that's where I was going next is just digging into that a little more, Jim, yeah. in terms of strategy and planning and, and, and what, I mean, we hear those terms a lot, but what does that mean for you? Yeah. So, just thinking of uh, a, a local company here in, in, in Florida that's built some great marketing tech or MarTech products, uh, the CEO, uh, Matt's fourth company, and he wants to make this his biggest yet, right? his legacy. And the company is growing incredibly fast in its first couple of years, but began to experience slowing growth in the last year. Uh, Matt knew something Something was wrong as his competitors were experiencing the opposite, and he was beginning to lose some market share. And I was actually introduced to Matt by a dear friend in the in the venture capital space, and also the board who who knew Orchid Black uh, would be able to help him, just didn't really know exactly how. Uh, and after we ran our value creation assessment or our VCA, we uncovered an immense amount of opportunity. Uh, some in sales and marketing, which is what we were brought in initially. But most importantly, uh, an incredible opportunity around strategic alignment across the team that was driving, um, you know, a lot of different uh, priorities across each functional team. And we see this a lot, by the way. This is not it's very normal for a company at this stage. And 
So we worked with Matt and his executive team to not only solve for some quick wins in sales and marketing, but but also to put together a three-year strategic plan and a one-year operational plan with methods and measures to track the plan. And the results only months later have already been pretty astounding. Matt, the team, the investors are all fired up. There's a clear path towards the company actually being worth $100 million plus in the near term. And if we together follow the plan, which we will, there is uh, an incredible opportunity for legacy and uh, and wealth for Matt and the rest of the team. And and that's just, you know, that that's that just what makes me wake up in the morning. So that's what makes me say, wow. Wow. That's uh, what a great yep, story. That's it. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to use the technical term, wow, right? Uh, I love it. Um, well, let's talk to those companies out there that uh, maybe they're not, for whatever reason, they're not ready to hire you. They'd like to, um, I guess, get some of the benefits of, uh, that important strategic and operational planning uh, that everyone looks at in the fourth quarter, right? As we as we uh, move on into uh, October here, um, when we tape this show, what what are the what are the maybe give us some of the secrets there on strategic planning that can help give companies a head start if they want to do it on their own? Absolutely, I have always found uh, and quite frankly, wish that I had when I was a founder, uh, leveraged thir- leveraging a third-party facilitator uh, to allowing internal leadership 100% of their brain to contribute to the discussions to be the best route. But if a company is dead set on doing it themselves, here's a, a few tricks that we leverage, if you will. Uh, let's say number one, we are visual creatures. So always keep it visual and make sure to focus on the big picture initially, since this is a multi-year plan as you're thinking about strategic planning, which we found um, a number of tools that we leverage. Uh, One of my favorites is a tool called Miro, M-I-R-O, that is essentially a digital whiteboard with lots of great features to make the process easy around planning. And always start that planning session, number two, with strategic goals, high-level goals of the company over the length and term, whether that's two or three or five years that you're looking at. Um, always start with the high-level goals. As you start to um, go beyond those high-level goals, which you know, keeping it to three to five is, is usually best, start to connect statements of action or position that further define the material elements of those strategic goals, which, which we call goal elements. And um, once you've got those strategic goals and goal elements in place, start breaking down the things that must need to be executed in order to successfully reach those goal elements. And so when, when you've done this correctly, whether it's in a tool like Miro or on a whiteboard or you know, just in another way that works best for you and your team, you'll have a visual representation of essentially a three-tiered tree chart that connects all three of these focused points, strategic goals, goal, goal elements, and goal drivers. And you know, last year at Orchid Black, just thinking of our own goals, goal elements and goal drivers, we created a two-year strategic plan, which was best for us at the time and of our evolution. And uh, this year, we will likely revise it to push forward to a more traditional three years. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's important to, for companies to check on the plan every year and revise based on in the right term, but also the right things for the company, because 
in the conditions that we're in, both market conditions and 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 agility that's needed to survive in in today's environment. Um, it depends on a number of factors what you should be selecting based on term and uh, and and things to be doing within the business. Mm-hmm. And so, constantly checking on that every year and revising is is really important. Makes sense, uh, folks. Jack, or uh, pardon me, Jim Bar- Barnish is with us. Um, easy for me to say, uh, man, <laughs> managing partner, uh, with orchid black and, uh, a patient managing partner patient with his host here. So thank you, Jim. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess the, the, it's, it's one thing to do strategy. It's another thing to like turn that into a plan that is actionable and I guess is measurable, right? I mean, that's part of it too as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one, uh, one really interesting one that, that I you know, was going to mention earlier and totally slipped my mind is there's this uh, great example probably for the founders and CEOs in your audience who are wondering um, how to get their growth unstuck. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and how to how to plan, right? right. Um, we were called into a software company by a founder a couple of years ago who had bootstrapped for about 10 plus years, actually probably 15 years almost, and built an amazing business, uh, but was, was starting to flatline. He, uh, he wanted to exit in the next year and spend his time advising other startups and enjoying life. And because he had low new logo growth, the valuation just wasn't as close to what he wanted. Wasn't even close to what he wanted when he, when he went out to exit and, and he tried his usual ideas to generate sales, some marketing, some sales, but, but nothing was really working like it had used to, uh, all of his channels and, and what he knew just wasn't getting him to the next level. And, and so his next 12 month forecast was actually only getting worse. Mm. And that's when he called us into help. Um, through some advice, you know, some advisors that he knew got the introduction and we ran our value creation process on his company in a matter of a few weeks. And the founder then had a roadmap on how to increase his exit value by over 50% in 12 months, actually. Uh, and he was so pleased with the work around the the assessment and the road mapping, the, the strategic planning, if you will, that that we actually stayed on to help run the business. And, and we were so confident in our plan and the founder and really all things, you know, coming into a coalescence of, of growth that we sacrificed cash and took equity instead and for our own fees. And in seven months, we actually uh, together got the company to a $36 million exit, which was 55% increase in valuation in only seven months. Right. And wow. so everybody won big. There was a lot of planning that went into uh, the roadmap, right? There was a lot of, you know, hands-on execution and focused, uh, focused around results and and planning and strategy. And but ultimately, at the end of the day, we were able to, you know, partner with the founder and, and guide them to a fifty-five percent increase in value, and that's meaningful. But it doesn't happen without both strategy and execution. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now you've got something. Uh, that's part of your uh, work with clients called V2MOM. Is that V2MOM or what is that? <laughs> tell, tell us about that, Jib. Yeah, so there's, there's tons of uh, methods and systems for operational planning. 
But at, at Orchid Black, we tend to lean on four core types, depending on the business. And so remember, when we're talking about operational planning, we're talking about annual planning. Once we already have a strategic long-term plan in place, how to bring that down a level to something that we can execute this year. And my favorite, one of my favorites, uh, is V2MOM. Uh, it stands for uh, Vision, Values, uh, Methods, Obstacles, and Measures. And it's for companies, especially software companies, that oftentimes struggle with communication and transparency and alignment at many levels. Uh, Most of the companies are also, in many cases, struggling to grow. And so it's a great framework to ensure the company functional and individual goals and incentives across the company are well-aligned, documented, and available for the full team to track on a regular basis. And, And so as we think about um, you know, V2MOM specifically, um, that is indeed an acronym as I went through. You know, vision is what's the big picture for this year. Values are what are the top general priorities and values to keep in mind while we're working towards this vision. The methods are what are the actual things that we will need to do to hit the vision, right? What will we create uh, rather than generalities? Now's the time to start being specific and clear as spe- specific and clear as we can and uh, uncover if there's any additional investment required to execute. And, you know, then as we go down to, oh, obstacles, uh, it's what is or could be in the way to getting to this vision and these methods, right? What are the, identifying these landmines ahead of time to plan for and avoid them. And finally, metrics or measures is how will we measure the success of our, of our methods and our vision at the end of the year? And how do we do that on a regular cadence path before we get to the end of the year so that we're tracking things in a in a really meaningful way. And so it's it's really all about making the complex things in the world like strategy and value creation uh, and simplifying the hell out of them <laughs> into mm-hmm. things like V2MOM, right? And I, I mentioned that that's one of the four that we use. We use a few others. Um, but in the example that I gave earlier uh, of Matt and his MarTech company, you know, due to uh, where they were at, V2MOM was the clear fit there. And after less than a year of using V2MOM in 2021, the differences are already incredible in all five of those growth pillars that I mentioned earlier, strategy, talent, product, revenue, and operations. And I'm psyched to see how by working hand-in-hand together, you know, 2022 and beyond, this, this type of planning methodology works well for Matt and his team. And, you know, those are the types of results that you see when you really start with the big picture and you work it down through how are we going to measure this operationally. And uh, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it is really complex, but when you're able to simplify it in a, in a meaningful way, it can really rally the team and, and get incredible buy-in and psyched-upness across the team and, and most importantly, alignment. I almost hesitate to ask this question because you've given us uh, a couple of different uh, tremendous uh, success stories, uh, Jim, in terms of companies you work with. But are are there any others that you'd like to share that you're particularly proud of? You know, there's there's quite a few that that I would say we're particularly proud of. I think um, you know one of the uh, one of the ones that. Um, you know, one of the things that resonates me the most with me the most around just the founders in general that we work with, though, 
is that we started Orchid Black to serve founders looking to get unstuck, grow, and and create their own legacy, their own wealth. And um, what I'm most psyched about is the success that we continue to have partnering with the right founders and companies have allowed us to achieve our own tremendous growth, which in turn allows us to serve more founders. So I think what I'm most excited about is, you know, doubling down on our growth over the next year by serving more founders and getting more success stories and getting more major exits um, by the end of next year and fueling these profits right back into the company Mm. to help even more founders achieve the exit and legacy they're looking for. So I don't mean to, you know, ignore your question around success stories, but I, 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 uh, you know, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life and I'm only 36. So, uh, you know, I, I am, I am been doing this for two decades in one manner of another, but I'm going to be doing this for another four plus decades, provided that someone lets me stay around for that long. (laughs) And, you know, I think, you know, what, uh, what I'm just jazzed up about is, you know, as we get bigger and bigger, being able to help more than the eight companies a year that we're able to help right now, right? Because we've got a very boutique team, we've got a very boutique process, and we've got to be very selective of who we pick. Mm. Um, but as we grow and as we find more companies, I'm finding tons that we can help. It's just we can only help so many in a year. <laughs> so I think what I'm so excited about is as we build the team and as we grow um, this wonderful, um, you know, uh, t- this this wonderful, I won't call them junior team, but wonderful um, full-time team that we have of associates and analysts and uh, just incredible future operating partners that we have within the business. Uh, these, these guys and gals are going to allow us to fuel way more growth in the near term uh, than anything else. And I am just so excited about growing them and growing the team to be able to do what we do and provide the value that our senior team provides. And I think that's, you know, not to... Not that our not that our clients aren't incredibly important because they are, but my employees and the work that they're going to continue doing for more of our clients is what really fuels the ability for this thing to really take off and us to help as many companies as possible. So I think that's what I'm yeah you know, that's what I'm going to really consider success as we as we enter the next couple of years. Wow, great words here from uh, Jim Barnish, uh, folks. He is with Orchid. Black and uh, the managing partner there leading that team at Orchid Black. Uh, Jim, this has been great. And I can't imagine that we don't have some folks that would like to, uh, having hearing, having heard your words and uh, some of the things you've had to offer, wouldn't want to be in touch. So let's uh, give them your coordinates. How, how can they be in touch with you? <laughs> Uh, well, leaving my, uh, leaving my GPS coordinates alone for a second, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, I am happy to help anyone. Um, and they can find me on LinkedIn by searching for grow smart, grow fast, or shooting me an email at jb at orchid.black. I have complimentary office hours every week, and I'm happy to take some of that time to chat about, you know, anything, whether it's strategy planning, growth exits, or just plain having a question that I might be able to point you in the right direction of. Um, you know, one thing that's also been especially insightful for folks that, uh, that we've been talking to is we have a newsletter called The Dirt, and you can sign up for that at orchid.black. And that is, you know, thought leadership and market insights and, and things like I mentioned around strategy and planning where you might be able to get a head start on your own if you're not looking to hire anyone outside. 
Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, really just looking to help anyone grow. So please, by all means, reach out on LinkedIn at either Grow Smart, Grow Fast or Jim Barnish Jr. Or shoot me an email at jb at orchid.black. Jim Barnish, folks, with Orchid Black. Jim, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, just a uh, quick reminder, you can find our show, uh, Business Leaders Radio, on all the major podcast apps. Just use that as your search term, Business Leaders Radio. Subscribe. And uh, if you're able to give us a five-star review on your particular podcast app, we'd love it if you do that. Uh, it's really not about me or Business Radio X. It's about our great guest. We'd love for uh, we love when they get held up and uh, celebrated for the great work that they do. And you've heard that from Jim today. So we want them to be uh, Jim and other guests that we've had on the show to be found. And you're uh, supporting us in that small way can help make that happen. So for my guest, Jim Barnish with Orchid Black, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Business Leaders Radio.